Hey, everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 74 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu Show. Now, today, uh, we have a guest returning. Uh, we've done this a few times. We've had a few people come back on the show, and uh, today we are having uh, Chewy back on the show, or Chujetsu, if you know him as that. Maybe you know him as Nick Albin. I don't know anyone who knows him as Nick Albin, but maybe you do, and uh, we get to have him on the show. It's a very fun conversation. Um, just right off the top, I think that something that a lot of people will get out of this episode, uh, Chewy talks about two things on the episode. Uh, first, he talks about our two, two um, things I think you guys will get out of. We talk about a hundred different things on the episode, but two things that I think are, are very unique, very unheard of. Uh, one, he talks about how to consume technique videos. And I think that that is something that we don't reference a lot in Jiu-Jitsu. And it's something that is so helpful for people uh, to, to be able to know how do you how do you take in jujitsu videos? What should I do with these? Um, and so he gives a really simple way to do that, but also he gives a really simple way to know if technique videos, whether an instructional or whether uh, a YouTube video uh, is good, uh, if it is, uh, if it works, right? Because that's something that's frustrating is sometimes you learn stuff that doesn't work. So I was really happy uh, when he kind of broke that stuff down and, and explained that to me. It was really, really uh, cool. And just in general, Chewy is such a cool guy. Uh, just uh, um, one of my, I would say this, I have been blessed with a ton of really uh, just great men um, and women, but uh, just great men in my life that have been uh, guides for me in different stages of life. And I would say, I would consider Chewy one of those people, but I would say uh, he's the only person that isn't local, right? Isn't somebody that I see day to day, but I talk to every chance I get. Uh, it's a friendship I really value because he, um, I think probably thought process wise, mentally, uh, we, we are very similar, but he's farther down the road than I am. And so it's really helpful for me to have somebody that has a very similar, uh, maybe even uh, crazy mindset. Now, just a, a little bit of ADD and uh, a little bit of obsessiveness and uh, a huge love for jiu-jitsu. And so having somebody uh, to, to be that guide is so, so helpful for me, especially during this pandemic. I did a lot of different coaching stuff um, with him and he helped me with my podcast. He helped me with all of the content that I post on Instagram at the Josh McKinney, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram um, and just uh, the stuff that I post on YouTube. And uh, so it's just been really cool to have somebody like that, that, that was so helpful. You know, secretly I have a, 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 a hope, a dream that one day someone will make a meme and it'll be like a picture of me, maybe doing teaching a technique move or doing a podcast and the caption will be when you order chujetsu at wish.com. That's my hope. I don't think it'll ever happen, but that's also not an Asian joke. That was a, that was a, uh, you know, it's not like it was like, that wasn't a Chinese, you know, cause stuff from wish is always from China. I don't know. Let's, I digress on that. I'm going to cut that part out. 
but uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Uh, I absolutely love doing it. And uh, without further ado, uh, before I talk any more uh, race or anything like that, uh, let's get into the episode. All right, we are going. Chewy, how are you doing, man? Good, brother. How you been? I have been good. It's been a, a while since we have talked, at least, I guess, computer to computer. You know, we'll uh, message sometimes on Instagram, but uh, mm-hmm. haven't gotten to do a, a sit down with you in a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I uh, just wanted to start out, you know, last time, this is the second time you've been on the show. Last time we talked uh, quite about uh, quite a bit about the things you would normally talk about on a podcast. Uh, who is Chewy? What made Chewy Chewy? Where did the name Chewy <laughs> come from? You know, we we had a lot of things like that. Uh, but I thought we could start out kind of on a different note this time. And right. um, you had a podcast uh, a week and a half ago come out uh, that I really enjoyed about setting goals. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to start out at the top of the podcast All and right. ask you, uh, you got a bunch of subscribers on YouTube. You uh, put out a lot of good content with your podcast. You run uh, a, a very successful jujitsu school. Mm-hmm. You've done very well in jujitsu competition. What mm-hmm. is next for Chewy? What drives Chewy to want to do, or what what do you want to do next? Uh you know, it's interesting. I, you know, it, it's one of those things where as far as what drives me, I mean, that's a, that's a whole different thing as far as motivation and that sort of thing, as far as what's next. Um, it's always like, I, I guess it's, it's, it's at a, a point where things are going. It's kind of like when you get a black belt in jujitsu, you don't stop. You begin to continuously refine and try new things and, and things of that nature. Right. And so it's the same thing. It's like, okay, things are going in a good direction. Um, I, I do have some momentum going behind me. So now it's like, okay, well, let's see what we can do to maybe uh, uh, make it better. Um, and so I'm looking at some different things to improve the quality of the videos that get, that get produced. Um, you know, both with, uh, the, the types of videos and the actual quality of the actual video itself. Um, and then, um, you know, cause again, I want to continuously improve the content. Um, and then also finding a, um, finding a, a particular balance with certain things. Cause at times I find that, um, you know, my work life balance can get a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find a, and again, I, I, I don't really think balance is a real realistic thing. I've talked about this before. I think that essentially it's a balance. Most of the time is kind of, um, a balancing act. Like if you've ever think about, like if you've ever stood on one foot and you know, you get there, your hands are out to your side, you kind of wobble back and forth constantly adjusting yourself. And so for me, that's tend to be, that's, that tends to be how balancing works anyway, where, you know, you, if you've got a competition coming up, you balance your life a little bit like, like off balancing it towards the competition to train. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you've got a big work project or a big gym project coming up, you off balance your life towards that. Let's say, you know, for some guys that are, you know, if you're getting married or something, right. And you're getting all that stuff, your life kind of, it balances towards that, you know? And so you kind of just go back and forth. But, um, I guess one thing that for me, this is, this is actually what I did this year. I went through because I kept a, uh, pretty much a daily journal, um, from January of last year, that was one of my goals and I did it, um, 
both with my workouts, my weight, and also just, just a general one page blurb of whatever is going through my mind. I went through and looked through that journal over the last few weeks before um, January the 1st came up. And I was looking at it and just sort of seeing what was going on through my mind, you know, because I, I believe that people to say, you know, put the past behind you, right? But the problem is, is that the past, the past, it's all that stuff that's in our past is kind of what makes us who we are right now. And I think, you know, I believe if you go back and you look at it and you go over those roads that you've traveled previously, you'll find stuff kind of poking up if you will. So it's like, imagine going back on a road and let's say you've already traveled this road, but now you're walking back over it. You're looking through the road and trying to find little things sticking up. You're looking for trends or ideas or things that you're like, huh? And for me, 2020, for most people, it was kind of a wild year, you know, overall. I mean, I, I came out much better than a lot of people did. The, the year wasn't that bad to me, all things considered, mm -hmm. um, could have been better, but it wasn't that bad to me. But looking through it and finding things that I just sort of noticed about myself. And so a lot of what I'm focusing on this year is, is more personal stuff. Um, you know, like one of, one of the big ones is not being swayed by the media, you know, because you look at like 2020 and I mean, we're back here again, right? Right now you're like, oh, wow. Like they're doing it again. Mm -hmm. They're creating, they're creating division against people instead of just being, this is the way that it is. And let's like be unified in this situation. No, no, no. We're going to create more division amongst people. And so to me, it's like one is like, to, that was a big one that was sticking out. Essentially when I was going through my journal, I was like, man, the media did a number on a lot of people, you know, it even got me for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so there's that stuff. But as far as the, um, the business stuff, it's mostly in, in the training stuff. It's mostly just kind of a continuation of what I'm doing, just always trying to improve and um, finding little ideas and little things that I can make things better with both uh, the things with my gym, my students to try to improve the quality that we of the training and the experience that's there, try to improve the quality of the experience and the training that's inside uh, or online. And then also uh, just trying to improve who I am as a person and how I go about things. And um, a big way that I do that is going back and looking through that, that journal that I had all year long and then finding the trends and stuff and said, okay, I, I want to adjust this, this, and this, and this moving forward to this next year. And I think we can, we could be specific to jujitsu with this next question, but I, I won't, I will keep it um, more broad. Uh, is there ever a struggle for you when it comes to deciding on what is next to focus on? Because in jujitsu, you know, we do that, right? You you always have mm -hmm. to have something that you're working, even if you're perfecting something else that you're you know already good at. You're always working something, maybe not new, but you're always working on something. Um, mm -hmm. Whether in life or in jujitsu, do you ever struggle? Because I know a lot of people do, myself included, deciding what should I work on next, and do you have any tips for uh, uh, for being better at that? Yeah, so what to do next basically on the like this this honestly this can be problematic for me in both areas both in like life off the mats and on the mats so on the mats when you get to like you know a higher level you know of jiu-jitsu and you're a black belt i mean you have essentially endless amounts of techniques you can focus on what position do you want to go to i don't know what do you want to do it's all there for you um just pick something right um, and again, there's ways that you can find this. And again, going back to trends, if you kind of look back on things, you can say, okay, where was I struggling with? Where was I have trouble, trouble with? Um, where did I have problems with? One second. Cat. 
he does this thing where he's like, I'm going to get in your lap for like two seconds and I'm going to just jump back out and then we'll just, we'll play this game. I get my um, dog literally just walked in the room while you were grabbing your cat. So it's, yeah, I <laughs> he's get like, it. he's like, Oh, Hey, you're doing something. Hey, let me uh, go <laughs> and like hang out with you. Um, but you know, so you can, you can go back and you can look over the trends of like where you were having trouble with. Sometimes you can say, well, what was working? And then you can double down on that. Um, or sometimes you can just say, you know, where do I want to go and find a new direction? And you just pick something. The key is you like, as far as when it goes to training, I just pick something. I'm like, I'm going to go this direction for a while. Um, so like, for instance, last year I was focused on, there was a couple months where, and I'm still, I'm kind of going back to this. It's mainly, I find it, it's a little bit easier in the gi, but there's an arm bar that I do from North South side control that I've been setting up and I use it. I hit it from all these different angles. And I like focusing on that one submission or like one submission at a time, because what I find is when I do that, I find all kinds of real like weird ways to get there. Um, so the arm bars from side control North South, and you set it up with the arm and you set it up as if you're going for like a, a paper cutter and then boom, you sit back for the arm bar. But then I found that I, people would get wise to that. And so what I started doing was taking their back and then I would put their arm in a weird angle to where then as they escape, they're giving me the arm bar and setting it up. And so now I'm, tr- I'm finding new ways to get there. Um, and so again, doing that kind of thing is what I usually do. I just pick something and I try to be specific about it, whether it be the position or submission or technique or whatever. And then I just run with it on the other end with like business and life and everything else. Right. It's the same damn thing because like, like you were saying, I've got a, I've got, I've got a little bit of momentum. There's some success going there that has its own problems because in the beginning, usually when you're not, when things aren't really working, you're just chipping away, trying to get something to work. Once you have momentum going and you have options, then it's like, where do we go? I mean, because then it's like, we can go anywhere we want to go. And then it becomes a problem of too many choices. And so again, you got to make your menu smaller, just like sometimes in jujitsu, where if you get overwhelmed by the amount of techniques, you got to shorten your menu down and just make it a little bit smaller. So this way you can focus on something rather than being overwhelmed by everything. And uh, recently I was doing a podcast with a guy named Andy Stump. And he has a kind of a saying that he kind of, that he, he goes back to, which is make your world smaller. And so that was something too, where I was like, ah, make my world smaller. So basically each month I give myself a couple of goals, both business, jujitsu, on and off the mat, life, everything else. And I try to focus on that one thing that I'm trying to really get better at for that month, whether that's a submission, whether that's a thing for the business, whether that's something with the, it's something else, whatever it is, I set a couple of monthly goals just to focus on at a time, just so that I can have something very small and specific to work towards. And it's also helpful because if you have like something specific to work towards, you have a, a somewhat of an ability to measure it. You can say, well, I wasn't, this wasn't working at the beginning of the month. It's working now. I got better. Um, as far as jujitsu, or if it's something related to your work or whatever, you can be able to measure how that works. But which going back to the jujitsu part, it's really important because if you think about it, a lot of times people are training and they have no clue if they're getting better. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's no focus. So if you focus on something, a lot of times you can track if you keep a journal or something like that and just kind of keep track of how it's working. You can actually figure out, am I getting better? You know, because in the weight room, you have weights. Is my weight going up? Ah, I'm getting stronger. Or, you know, if my weight going down, I'm losing weight. Great. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But in the gym, a lot of times with training jujitsu wise, you don't have that. And so you have to try to give yourself something that you can work with. And by having a specific like goal to work towards some like a technical or positional goal, sometimes it makes it a bit easier. I, I fully support that. Actually, my first podcast um, that I ever did uh, was just a solo cast. I did it on what I coined the end goal method of jujitsu, mm. where you choose a submission mm-hmm. and that is the only submission you're allowed to hit. 
you focus on getting it and you uh, find all these multiple places to get the submission, right? It's the same yeah. effect as when um, you want a Tesla and you're like, yeah, I've never seen a Tesla driving around. And then you see Tesla's everywhere because you've right. decided that you want a Tesla. It's the yeah. same with triangles, right? Or that arm bar uh, that, that you're hitting. And so that is something that truly I preach to my students constantly. Um, it's what I consider the reason um, that I am as good at jujitsu as I am. I've done that uh, for a very long time, mm -hmm. but I still find myself constantly, um, whether in business, whether in jujitsu, whether just in life, falling into that, uh, the, the, the victim of a thousand moves as we yeah. call it at the gym. Right. And, um, still to this day, you know, that's always, I always end up going back to, Oh, I need to focus again. I need to focus again. Do you find yourself doing that? Um, or are you able to, with that month to month, are you able to kind of keep, uh, keep focused more by kind of focusing and breaking it down month to month? Yeah. So basically like, this is like, again, one of my things, um, this year, this, cause again, therein lies the problem, right? The victim of a thousand moves. I like that, that analogy, um, or that saying, so the, um, I've got an idea box. I, I, I recently started this. So every time I, I come up with an idea and you know, you're kind of in the entrepreneur space too. Every time I've got an idea, I rip it out and I throw it into the idea box. And then once I'm done with my ideas, then, I, then they go like, whenever I'm ready to set up my list for the month, it goes onto a steno, like a, a yellow pad. Do I have it with me? It's in my other, in my other backpack. Um, but it has all my little goals. There's my goals I need to hit. Whenever I finally hit that goal and I'm done with it, ah, now I reach back into the box. Here's my ideas. Which one do I want to go after next? Because it's like, it's a problem where I'll keep jumping around and um, again, ADD. <laughs> I feel like uh, most people that probably get into what we do probably have some, some touch of it. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of the things where a lot of people don't sometimes don't value partnerships you know, um, because they're difficult. It's difficult to have like a business partnership. It really is. But if you can find someone that supports you, then it's good because then if you, especially if you have like, like contrasting things where for instance, I, I tend to get things started and I need help finishing them. And so then I have my business partners and like my, um, even my girlfriend helps me out with things where they can help keep me going and then I can be on the very end of it and I can put the polish on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get the, I get the thing going, get it started, get, mo get a good chunk going. They help kind of get it through some of the sticky parts and then I'll come back and then I'll put the polish on it. And then kind of, we work hand in hand in those places. And uh, so again, it's, it's super helpful, but yeah, going back to it, it's, it's one of those things where you definitely have to just put some sort of focus on it. So whenever I have ideas for training or whatever, I keep those ideas around. They go into either, like I said, my little idea box where I put them in my notepad on my, uh, my phone. And then, once I'm done with whatever I'm trying to focus on, I go back to my ideas that I have. And then I kind of pick the one that I want to go towards next. And again, I just have to, it's really, it's like, you just have to be okay with it. Like not hitting everything because the problem is, is like a lot of times I see so many different things that I want to do. And it's like that in jujitsu. Sometimes you just see so much stuff that you want to do. I want to, I want to learn how to play this guard and I want to learn how to do this. And I want to learn how to do this. Just pick something, you know, it just, you got to pick something first because it just, it, it's too, too overwhelming uh, to try to jump into it. And again, you, it goes back to this too, especially with jujitsu, you're not going to be good at everything and you need to be okay with that. Like, otherwise, like if you put too much focus on everything, you become, you know, like they say, the jack of all trades, 
right? Mm-hmm. So there does have to be some focus on something. Um, and kind of going back to your, your idea of the focus thing, one of the, one of the games we used to play or that I played a long, long time ago at the gym when I was first becoming a coach and I realized kind of this idea of focusing was um, I basically put a bunch of um, dice in a, in a bag, a little, little bunch of dice. And I said, okay, guys, when you guys come in, I was like, roll the dice. And then whatever number you get, it has a corresponding submission on the board. And I had a whiteboard set up with a corresponding submission. So they roll the dice. You got three. Good. That means you get Darce chokes. You roll seven. Okay. You get triangle chokes, whatever it was. And it was interesting to see what happened because I remember uh, back then I, I really struggled with uh, Darce chokes and anacondas because my arms aren't very long. Mm-hmm. So I've got, th- I've got thick arms and they're kind of stubby. They're shorter. Great for things like Kimura's not so good when you're trying to get a little extra in, uh, space to set up a Darce choke. But what happened was, is I got set with uh, anacondas and Darce chokes. That was my submissions for the day. And it was like a, it was a two hour class and about, you know, an hour and 20 minutes of that was rolling. And I remember rolling with a couple of guys and like struggling to get the submissions but what was interesting was, is then like, again, you start getting the wheels turning and then I'm able to set up this. I, I found this weird setup that I, I basically was combining an old wrestling technique that I used to use to get a person off bounds, combine it with a jujitsu technique. And I figured out how to set up a Darce choke and an anaconda from that position using that. And that's where, again, going back to setting like at least a smaller focused goal, at least once a month, a lot of times I hit it before the month's up and I can go to something else. But just having that one thing to focus on, what ends up happening is, is my whole mind and body and subconscious, everything's focused on that thing rather than being everywhere. And so when I allow my subconscious and my mind and everything, everything just focus on that one thing, it, it gets done faster. It gets done better. And there's, there's, it's more satisfying opposed to just having a big bunch of stuff going on, on at once where I can't really focus on it at, at any given point. And then I feel like, you know, a month will go by and like, I don't know if I, I don't, again, going back to jujitsu, I didn't focus on anything. I don't know if I got better didn't focus on anything specific for the business. I don't know if we got better, you know, and there's times, I guess, in the gym to flow roll or not flow roll, but just kind of go with the flow. But I think if you, if you want to actively get better at jujitsu and you'd like to know if you're getting better, it's really good to focus on something. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that is really an important, an an important lesson to know is that in jujitsu, we're trying to, uh, to get moves. Um, I, I think, uh, forget what it's called. I think it's called like um, the sport of Kings. Gordon Ryan has a, a mindset uh, DVD that he did. And it's actually, I, I watched it. It's actually really, really good. Um, okay. Something he talks about is just, um, you know, how many moves do I have that I feel confident using? And I mm-hmm. think something a lot of times that people don't realize is we are simply just trying to gather moves, but we have to be able to use them. Uh, just knowing, just watching a bunch of technique. Cause a lot of times people that struggle, I find that when I ask them, well, what are you working on? They mm-hmm. say, well, I'm working on half guard and I am working on back takes and I am working on Kimuras and I'm working yeah. on, and I'm like, wait a second, you're not working on anything then. Right. You're just kind of rolling, right? Um, you have to feel comfortable. You have to do it enough to to put it into your arsenal, even if you don't use it all the time. Uh, the same is if you are uh, doing that armbar you were talking about, right? You've been focused on that armbar. If you said, okay, I'm going to go out and um, I like this armbar, but it also kind of leads into that bread cutter choke. So I'm going to focus on the bread cutter choke. And then I could, if I ever missed the bread cutter choke, I could go to neon belly. 
And then from Niambele, I could just go to Mount. And then from Mount, I could try to take the back. And then you stop <laughs> focusing on that arm bar. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think, I mean, obviously there is a, a, a benefit to saying, well, I'm going to add the bread cutter choke to this. But I think what happens, and I know for me, uh, this is something that, um, you know, maybe having just a bit of ADD, this uh, mm-hmm. something I struggle with a lot is that you do well on the first thing, whether in you know, your business. And then you say, mm-hmm. well, if I'm going to do good on this, I need to do good on this second thing. You know, I need sure. to add the bread cutter choke, but then it starts to uh, get a little farther and a little farther away. And by the time that you, um, you know, or, you know, you've added five things and you're no longer focused on that first one. I think that's something uh, I, when I talk to people uh, struggle that they really have, especially in jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, probably in life in general, uh, but um, I think maybe too, this is a, a different note, but I think people that uh, are less entrepreneurial have a little less freedom when it comes to um, business and work. You know, they, they kind of are forced into a little bit smaller of a box, sure. they don't run into that. But when in jujitsu, you pretty much have unlimited freedom. You can work what you want to work. Obviously, we have different ways that we teach and things, but you can be focused on what you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, just having all of that opportunity can really be a, a struggle. So if you were uh, somebody listening to this um, and maybe they're just a white belt and they're saying, hey, I I like that idea of focus, but what should I focus on? What advice would you have? Would it be um, think about your body type? Would it be, you know, hey, you have short arms, don't focus on the anaconda? Or would it be, um, you know, w- what would kind of be your advice to someone looking specifically for jujitsu on something to focus on? So I think that you can kind of, you can overdo the idea of like, what should I focus on? Mm-hmm. I think that if you just focus on something, just pick a direction, right? You'll, you'll figure it out along the way, right? Um, I think one of the things that I, it's a blessing and a curse. I'm really good about not overthinking the beginning. I jump into things. It's a blessing because I get started. It's a curse because a lot of times I have to pick up the pieces along the way, right? Where some people that like might put on, put in more planning in the beginning, I put a little bit less planning. I just figured out on the way. Um, and again, there's a benefit to that. And so what I would say is for some people, just jump in, just pick a direction. doesn't matter what you're going to pick. Just pick something. Now, if you need some specific stuff, you could find people that maybe have a particular body type that is you and then sort of mimic some of the things that they do. Um, I know that me, like when I was a brown and black belt, young uh, brown and uh, young black belt, I was trying to change my game up a little bit. And so I started watching a lot of matches of um, uh, Andre Gaval. I liked his passing. Uh, Bernardo Faria, I liked his sweeping from half guard. Um, I also like Lucas Lech's type half guard. And so I was watching these different guys and basically was modeling after them. Because again, like they were, they had, there were some similarities in body types and I liked the game that they were playing. And so I wanted to kind of take some of that game to my, to my own. So I would watch matches over and over and over again. And when I found a move and here's the key, when I found a move that I liked, I would watch that move over and over and over again. I remember there would be matches that I would watch like every day before I went into training for like a month, every day I'd go into training, I'd watch this match because it had this one move and I'm trying to work on this move. And so I was watching it, essentially getting a mental repetition. Um, You could also go to problems 
again, like where are you having the most trouble? Where's your pain point? Man, I'm always getting smashed in X. I can't pass this type of guard. I can't, whatever. Okay, cool. Now find solutions to this problem. Maybe you could talk to your coach, get an instructional, whatever, find some different stuff. There's a million different ways to go about it. But, and then also you could just, again, this is a choose your own adventure book. You could just say, you know what? I really want to get good at back taking. Great. Go become a back taker. Start looking at ways that you can really, you can think about where could you take the back from with the game that you have now? You know, like me, when I pass the guard, a lot of times they take, they turn their shoulders up and turtle, but I'm not good at taking the back when they turtle. Okay. I need to get better at that. Or, you know, a lot of times I can um, get these sweeps from, from full guard or something. Maybe there's a way to take the back from full guard, whatever. There's different directions. The thing that I would say is that it, it really comes down to focus and then repetition, even like with videos. Like if you are watching an instructional video, if you're watching YouTube videos, whatever it might be, repetition of that stuff, watch it till you know, those like, like for instance, a lot of people watch movies until they know the movie line for line, watch a particular instructional of a move till you know that that like you know what they're getting ready to say before they even say it so this way that absorbs there is something to that by the way like there was a study that was uh, it was a not a study but a uh, lecture series that i was listening to on uh, audible it was a great courses lecture and the woman was citing a study where they had these people doing uh, movement pattern learning motor pattern learning they're learning different movements and this was everything from like um particular like different types of factory work to people doing gymnastics and what they found was there were different things that increased people's ability to really deeply learn the information and be better at it. One of the things was mental repetitions. So they found that if people primed their bodies and their minds by watching a particular movement be performed and then almost visualizing themselves do it and sort of thinking about the movement, that when they came in and do the, did the physical repetitions, that they actually like improved faster versus people who started doing physical repetitions first. And so they had it divided in. They basically had people watch videos and perform mental repetitions of X amount of times. And then they would do the physical ones. And they found that people that did the mental reps first did better physical repetitions. And they actually improved at it faster based upon the, the metrics that they were judging on. And um, again, I think this also kind of goes back to overall knowledge versus comprehension of deep comprehension of what's going on. So like you can watch a video, you can see your coach do a technique and you you know that it's there. You, you know that it's there. You have the knowledge of that movement, but you don't really comprehend it. it you know, it's like, cause comprehension is something where you know how it works. And so for instance, with the technique, a lot of times you've got to get down and get your hands dirty before you really comprehend the technique. You have to d discover how it actually works under stress. Because again, you know, that's the whole thing about jujitsu is it's like, it, it has to work. Yes, you can show me a move, but if, if you can't show me that it works or if I can't see that it works and really it, it, jujitsu is one of those things where um, since we're so open as a martial art, we will, we're mercenaries for techniques. We'll take a technique from any martial art, like the, um, even the old self-defense stuff that, that's a part of jujitsu, right? The, like the stand up and base that's from Capoeira. Mm -hmm. Like we took it from there. We're like, okay, this is, we like this. We're taking this from you guys. Right. And then we're very open to taking like moves from wrestling. Hey, this is a great move from wrestling. We're stealing this. We're taking this to jujitsu. Right. Um, like the arm drag in the early two uh, thousands, it was like, Oh shit, this is a good one. <laughs> this, this, this wrestling moves has been around forever, but now we're going to use it in jujitsu. And cause I remember like, like when, um, like early 2000s, like, you know, people were doing arm drags and they were thinking it was something revolutionary. I was like, we were doing that in high school wrestling. But um, going back to it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I just drank a cup of coffee, so I'm bouncing all over the place. <laughs> but um, going back to 
You have to figure out how it works. And the way that you figure out how it works is you put some focus onto it and stick with the move for a while. I have, I have students that will stick to a, a very specific position or sweep or technique for like a year, six months, two years, whatever, for a long period of time. And again, you become a bit of a specialist doing that. But if you look at most effective grapplers, most effective grapplers have some specialty in their game. They have a wide array of knowledge, but a deep comprehension of a particular area of their game. And this is why when you watch people um, in competitions or even just rolling, the best people typically have an area of their game that's just theirs, right? And you know, if you go against them, if they get me in this area, it's a done deal. Mm -hmm. And so again, going back to that, that comes from being focused on a particular area. And um, maybe another thing to sort of help people decide where to go is a lot of times you'll find that certain techniques or positions just feel right. Can't explain it. It's like the guy with long legs that comes in and starts doing triangles. He doesn't. He doesn't know when he starts jujitsu that he's going to like triangles. Now we as coaches can look at him and say, "You're probably going to like triangles." It's like guys with short arms, like me, short, stocky, thick arms. Probably going to like Kimuras. It's just it, it's a natural movement for us to get that figure four lock because we don't have a lot of arm to like get entangled, and we can get the we can use it very easily, and we can really bring it tight to our core. Now, no one told me that I was going to like Kimuras, but it became my best move. And so for me, one thing that I did is after I got kind of a, almost like a whiff, like oh, I like that, feels good, feels natural. I followed that. You know, it's almost like if you if you smell something pleasant, and you're kind of like, huh where's that food coming from? I want to go there and I'm hungry right now. And so same thing you can, if you find that you get kind of an, an inkling that this feels pretty good, go down the rabbit hole and follow that particular movement or that position and really focus on it for a little while. You can obviously learn other stuff and you can even think about this like this way. I will break up sometimes my training sessions with a specific thing where maybe on like two or three days a week, I'm going after this. And then on the other days, I'm just kind of like flowing around and just seeing what happens. So it's like I have my fun days where I can turn my brain off and just flow around and just see what happens. And then I have my days where I'm very, very specific and I'm working on something intentionally because it is more it is more mentally exhausting to be focused on something um, more deliberately than it is simply to step on the mats, turn your brain off and just like roll and get some stress off, right? So it's, it's good to have both. And I think that, again, this is a little bit, foreign to people uh, in jujitsu, but just think of it as lifting weights. You don't go into the gym every day and lift weights at max effort. You don't go into the, the gym every day and work out the same body part. You typically mix it around a little bit. So it's the same thing, just kind of giving certain days focuses for different like things that you might need to do. And again, you, you don't have to be the coach to do that. If you're, even if you're a student, you can kind of during the rolling or whatever, you can put a little bit of focus on yourself on the, how hard you roll, the intensity you bring to the mat, um, or even the techniques you focus on. That's really good. And it also brings something up. Uh, I didn't plan on asking it, but now that I think about it, I feel like uh, maybe you would be like the perfect authority to ask this to. Mm-mm, perfect authority. The, the authority to ask this to. So sometimes, you know, you get people and they, you know, when you're new, mm-hmm. you, you have no way of differentiating what moves you are being taught if mm-hmm. they work or not. And yeah. I'm not saying that this happens, but there are people on YouTube that <laughs> post things oh, yeah. that don't work. And uh, I, I see it very often. Um, and it's not, and I wouldn't even throw out and say, oh, uh, it's because they're blue belts posting on YouTube or mm-hmm. purple belts. It's not that. It's um, even- I've people- seen plenty of black belts that like throw some stuff out and I'm I'm looking at it going- 
that that's not going to work. It doesn't work. And so, and it's not even, and it's also, you can't even differentiate by credentials because mm-hmm. some people that are really good at jujitsu are only good at jujitsu by feel. They have no idea either that, or they're just trying to, to put stuff out there that looks cool. Maybe, I don't know. I would like to think that it's just that they don't realize. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to think that they're uh, maybe they're just missing things. That they don't even realize that they do. Maybe yeah. some people just don't care. Yeah. Um, but how do you differentiate that if you are somebody that's a white belt that has no idea or even a blue belt or purple belt? And you're like, this guy should be an authority on this. How do you know that what they're telling you is real? Well, there's there's kind of an intangible quality to some of the moves because it's hard to um, have you ever read the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell? I can't read. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I can't read. I'm illiterate. <laughs> um, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, he had this book called Blink. And in the book, he was talking about how um, they like one of the first stories they share in the book is that the they showed this. Uh, they found this like old, um, you know, and not ancient, but some, you know, previous era statue. Right. The sculpture. And then they brought in the experts. And they look at it and they're like, this isn't, this isn't a, this is a, uh, this is a uh, false. This is not real. This is not a real one. And they were asking, well, how do you know? And they're like, I just can tell. And then eventually what they did was they, they sort of looked at the measurements and all this different stuff with an actual real one versus this cheap replica that had been sort of falsified. And they started to, oh, here's the reasons, here's where it's different. Right. But just as looking at it, they could just tell, oh, this is off. Something's wrong about this. A lot of times, like a high level jujitsu guy can look at a move and you'll look at it and you'll say, that's just, that's not going to work. Um, like there was one, I had a white belt years ago who sent me a, a video and it was a black belt showing this, this technical chain, right? This like technique chain. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, this wouldn't work. You know, I've like, and it's not that, I mean, the only, the only people that like sometimes I could see it working on would maybe be like, your your white belts who have just started to try to you know because when, when white belts come in they're all crazy but then they start trying to use technique and it's at that point where i feel like they're most vulnerable because it's like they've let go of the crazy crazy wild spazzy white belt and now they're trying to engage technique so their game actually gets worse for a little bit because now they're trying to play the game it's like the button mashers playing a video game versus trying to actually play the game mm-hmm. like the, you get worse because now you're actually trying to play um it, even like chess if you've ever played chess with someone who moves really sporadically it's hard to track like oh what pieces does he value and and you, you, it's a really hard thing to do. So it's like that where again, they start, they come down and yeah, maybe you could use it against that person, but you'll, you'll not use it against a black belt. You, you won't, or you won't use it against someone of, of comparable skill. And uh, I think it's because of social media to some degree, because I think that people, you know, they want to, you know, they, they want to be out there. They want to put themselves out there and there's different ways to do it, right? There's different ways to put yourself out there. And one of them is to do flashy stuff that looks cool. That's eye appeal. It's eye candy, right? It's like, it looks cool. Um, but really it's like sort of a technical masturbation, right? It's like, it looks cool, but really nothing's happening, right? <laughs> like, so, you know, it, it is what it is. But one of the things that you can do is you can go watch matches, And again, with YouTube being around, you can watch matches at white belt to black belt. Like this wasn't possible before. You could go watch like purple belt matches and just look at and see what they, what they do. Just watch them move. And what you'll find is a lot of times the matches, all the stuff kind of goes out the window, right? All that crazy fancy stuff. Most of it goes out the window. There's some stuff that might look kind of cool, but if it's like basically a two-step movement, 
it's going to be easy. Even like me, I had to, I had a back take recently at the Nogi pans. It looked pretty cool, but then if you break it down, it's like literally just, it's a roll. It's a roll mm-hmm. to the truck. It, it's not that fancy. Like it's, it's not that complicated. It's a pretty simple movement. Um, but a lot of times there's like so many, like if the person does this, 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 and this, then I can do this. There's too many variables for it to be a dependable move. Maybe it won't happens every once in a while. Um, if it's, but if it's something you can't really control, then I think that you kind of have to let it go of it. But again, going back to it, one of the ways that you can differentiate as far as whether this is going to be an effective move is go watch some matches. Mm-hmm. Know, go like like if that person who's showing that says like or even rolling it would be fine if you're watching them roll with someone of comparable skill if they're using the movement against someone of comparable skill and rolling your competition then it's a safe bet it's probably going to be useful if they're not then it's probably going to say you know what this is just kind of a fluffer move it looks cool but it's really just something there to like get some likes on social media or if you bought an instructional it's just kind of taking up space to add some some meat to the bones but really it's not going to be something that's going to be your main move because again i think that you you it's like you it's like this you have to think about your game is like just like your dinner plate you got your meat and potatoes and your veggies and stuff, all the good stuff that you need. And then you, you have some dessert every now and then. Every one of us as black belts has a few funky techniques that we throw in every now and then that are just fun to hit. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not going to be the main move that we go for when we're getting ready to do a competition or a good hard roll against another black belt. But we have them there to play with in case we want to. It's the same thing. You're going to have your bread and butter stuff that you should take up the focus of your game. But it is sometimes interesting to see, like, where does jujitsu go? And so, again, it has to depend on where you're at. Maybe you're at a higher level and you want to start going down the funky rabbit hole and see what kind of weird stuff you can find because it can help you make some discoveries for your game that you can take back and actually use and push the innovation of the game. But it could also be if, if you're like a white belt or a blue belt who's not really, you're still trying to find the meat and potatoes of your game, then a good place to go is, again, going back to matches and roles where you get to see what competitive, under stressful competitive situations the real stuff's going to come out. What are they really doing? And that's a good place to search. And this is even for people who get into the self-defense aspect of jujitsu. Go watch fights. Everybody's got a darn phone now. And I mean, you can watch a street fight happen from multiple different vantage points because everybody's recording it. And when you watch them, they have a sort of a trend to them, a very uh, sort of a nature to them. They, people don't go up and grab the person by the shirt and say, Hey, you know, and start pointing at them, you know, like, like the old self-defense stuff. A lot of times there's this pause and then all of a sudden, boom, they clash and there's a lot of chaoticness going on and people go for ugly double legs and things of this nature. It's very, it looks very repetitive if you, if you watch the fights. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's useful to see that because then you're saying, Oh, so this is probably what I should be focused on if I was going to be in a fight situation opposed to this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so even in the self-defense stuff, you can go watch fights on YouTube and say, well, how does this actually look? What does self-defense actually look like when it's not in a controlled environment? And same thing with jiu-jitsu. You can watch matches and rolls and things of that nature. I think that, that, is, um, that, that that's a really good thought on that because you can't, you can't hide it when you are um, going to, when you're watching somebody compete, you know, mm-hmm. and you see it just too often people show, oh, here are 10 moves from side control and mm-hmm. you watch them and you're like, man, that that works really well on mm-hmm. a deadpan partner yeah. that is letting you, right? And so uh, it's it's it, it can be really frustrating to see because people will come in and ask like, well, I've been trying this move and you're like, dude, you just wasted the last week of your training because that, that doesn't work. You know, you weren't mm-hmm. able to get it to work because it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that's, it's, it's funny on, on that note, uh, when I first met you, um, uh. the first time I ever met you, uh, it was, I think I was doing that black belt camp. He used to do one yes. year. I don't think he's, he obviously didn't do one this year. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. Um, he, uh, uh, we, we were all getting together and training. And so I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, that YouTube guy, uh, Chewy's coming. And I was like, <laughs> Oh really? I was like, is he good? And yeah. like, and, um, the only guy that knew you was, uh, Sanders, I think. And, and Nick Sanders was kind of like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really tough. I'm like, are you sure? I was like, anybody that's got a YouTube channel, usually not very good. at might be a little so, sketch. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> about it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. And then we get, um, uh, one round, sorry, my my dog is uh either someone's trying to break into our house to murder us or uh the mailman's there. So either way, probably the mailman. Yeah, he has the same reaction either way. Uh, <laughs> but uh we get into um like we start doing rounds. I watched you and Ezra Lennon go, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, he's he's good, he's legit. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna subscribe to the YouTube channel okay. now. And so that was our <laughs> that was my first time getting to meet you. And uh it was just uh it was a really cool, uh, it was really cool to see somebody that does share a lot of content, mm-hmm. um, actually be able to use jujitsu. What you, what you showed, I think I actually referenced this in our first podcast, what you showed at the seminar. Um, I watched you, uh, a, probably a year and some change ago mm-hmm. due to some really, really good black belts at the Chicago open over yeah. and over again too. And so, uh, I like it's it's nice when you do have guys that are out there on YouTube and still competing and testing themselves. Do you ever fear? Um, do you ever run into fear of like, man, if I were to just go and get wrecked at this, this would because you know you really chew jitsu is your brand and it's also who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever feel like fear that like, oh man, this could damage my brand if I go, or is that something that you just try to keep out of your mind? Uh, in that sense. No, it's not something honestly that like even I remember in the beginning when I first started getting a, a little bit of notoriety on YouTube, I was thinking like, if I lose, first off, here's the thing. Very rarely since I've been a black belt, have I just gone and got smashed? It's, it, it's happened a couple times, very rarely. And it's usually only against like, like really like top level dudes, like, you know, like for instance, one of them was Tim Spriggs. I remember like he was one of my early uh, black belt matches and like, you know, again, couldn't do a lot to him. I lost on points and, but he was all over me. Couldn't do much to him, mm-hmm. you know, but for the most part, I don't get smashed. And so it's like one of those things where, you know, if I get smashed, you're going to be really good. And if that's the case and whatever. Um, but even then, if I did get smashed, it's one of those things where part of what I do with my channel is simply I'm going, I'm, I'm on my own journey with people. You know, I'm kind of creating my own path and I'm letting people see it. So as I'm going, you get to like, see me do this stuff. So this way, Hey, maybe this can be useful to you and your path. And this is even why I include some of the rolling that I do on my channel. Like I don't necessarily like to have all my roles recorded because it's kind of an intimate thing with the guys uh, when you're training. And I always make sure that anytime I get submitted, it it gets included and like, make sure that's on there. Right. Cause it happens. Um, But I show it to people because I want people to see, like, I'm, I'm legit. I'm, I'm real. I'm not like someone that's, I'm not putting on a show. The person that you see on the camera is pretty much the same person you're going to meet in person. And my rolling, like the, you get to see me roll in competitions. You can see me roll in the gym. You can see me struggle with like college wrestlers that roll in whatever. It's a legit thing. And so if I went out and got smashed and lost, 
then it would just be being like, hey, I lose too, right? It happens. It would be like a guy who has a weightlifting focus channel, like missing a lift, like, hey, look, I, it happens, but I'm going to keep going and you should too, right? That's the whole idea is, right? Because again, if, if uh, you know, you can even think about it this way, even from a standpoint of making it entertaining, right? Superman is only Superman because there's kryptonite, mm-hmm. right? And it's interesting to see people have ups and downs. And, you know, for instance, like one of my, I lost uh, to buy points at the Nogi Pans in the absolute division to a guy that I beat earlier that day. I put the video up and I said, watch me win, watch me lose. Here you go. Right. This way you can see both sides of it. And um, that was that. And so again, I don't really worry too much about it affecting the brand or anything. And I think honestly, most people who get into this stuff, who get into like the, the social media stuff, I think honestly, they do a disservice to the people that they're trying to follow them by not allowing their blemishes to come through because everybody wants to put on this perfect persona, right? They want to put on this, look at my life. It's so cool. And everything's so great, whatever. When we all know that's bullshit, right? Nobody's life's perfect. We're all having, we all have our own struggles and troubles and uh, issues. And so for me, anytime I have one of those, I like to put those up. Here you go. Like, take a look, see me lose or, you know, see me struggle with something this way. Again, I know you guys are out there struggling too. I'm still going. I'm still struggling. I hope you, I hope you're still going too. you know? So again, I don't really worry too much about that. Like it, it just, it's not something that I think is a, is a big deal. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh it's really important on the, uh, have, you, have you fought Spriggs twice? I did. He, he got me. So as a young black belt in the gi, um, he was a new black belt as well. I was about a year and a half in, he, uh, beat me by points at the Atlanta open. And then, um, we went against each other in the ADCC trials in the semifinals. And he caught me with a beautiful flying guillotine where like, I, there's a really good picture of him. Like <laughs> I remember, um, I hired a woman, uh, um, to do photography for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, her last name is Fonseca. Now that I'm trying to think about it, I can't think. But uh, last name is Fonseca. She's awesome. And she did some great uh, pictures from it. And uh, so she's following around, you know, get my matches. And she comes up to me after the match. And she says, or after the day's over, she's like, hey, I'm, I've got some really good pictures of the match with Tim Spriggs. I'll delete them or whatever. It's like, what the hell you are going to delete them? I'm going <laughs> to use it. You know, like I, I took that picture of him flying up. Like it looked like an Air Jordan thing, but mm-hmm. you know, around my neck. I was like, caption this photo, you know, because again, have fun with it. You know, it, again, it's, it's, I'm going to, I learned from it. It is what it is. I got caught in something, but um, you know, that's just, that's the game we play. We, uh, mm-hmm. we get out there, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And that is uh, um, actually some really good advice that I got from you um, maybe six months ago, something like that, mm. was uh, we were talking about, uh, um, hey, I can't say jujitsu. Okay. I, 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 am a, I am somebody who has a podcast and I say jujitsu when I'm talking quickly. And I'm like, what should I do about that? And you yeah. just said, man, you can, you can just kind of lean into it. You know, you can mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, and so that became, I said, oh, okay, I, I, I get it. I, I can just make it um, kind of a fun thing. And mm-hmm. um, I noticed the amount of respect that I got from people, especially people that try to make fun of me about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it like the amount of respect that you get from those people is like, oh, okay, this, this guy is, this, this guy doesn't take himself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that is something that, you know, we, we would really in jujitsu, we always have the, you check your ego at the door, 
but very often um, uh, black belts can have huge egos, right? And, sure. uh, you know, cause you, you know, you, as you get better, especially if you're a black belt in the Midwest still at this point, there aren't a ton of black belts in, in the Midwest. And mm-hmm. so you don't lose a ton. And right. so you don't, you know, you're not getting beat up every night, most likely, uh, depending on where you train. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to be like, well, I don't lose, you know, I yeah. never lose. Nobody can beat me. And I think it's just so important to, uh, to, to be checked, you know, you can, cause if you don't do it to yourself, mm-hmm. it tends to happen to you, uh, regardless. And it's a lot less fun when it happens to you, uh, kind of when you're against it. Yeah. It's, um, this is something where I, one of my favorite parts about bringing out some of the people that I've had out for seminars, like JT Torres, Muhammad Ali and stuff is that in front of my students, they get to see me get wrecked. Mm-hmm. Right. And I kind of enjoy it because for me, like when I was rolling with JT, you know, I, I really think there is, there's this, like when you roll with someone and they've got your number or they do something that just like wrecks your game, you kind of, you absorb it a little bit. It's like almost like you, there's a, there's an exchange that happens because you're like, what is he doing? You know? And you can almost think about, okay, I'm going to take that away from him because that wrecked my game or whatever. Um, and you know, my students got to watch me get wrecked in front of them. Now, again, I didn't get up and get mad or frustrated or anything like that. I was like, Oh, that's pretty good. You know, <laughs> again, cause it was, it was an interesting thing to feel, um, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's important. You know, the thing is, is you have to have a healthy ego. Um, for instance, I don't like when people in jujitsu misuse the idea of an ego An ego is simply your self-construction, who you think you are. Right. And you have to have one. If you don't have an ego, then you're, you have, you're like a, one of those people that just floating around and you have no sense of self. Having a healthy ego means that we can understand that, understand loss and failure. And we can also appreciate the wins. You have that unhealthy ego, the in, either an inflated or a very insecure ego. You get into those situations where you lose and then you freak out because one, if you're insecure, you can't take the beating from the, the, the failure, right? Mentally you're weak. And so when you lose, you can't absorb it. Right. The other thing is, is that if you're, if you have an inflated sense of self, then you're in a situation where you don't think you should lose, right? Because I am so good. I shouldn't lose whatever. And then when you lose, you have that schism where you're bas- basically having to readjust with who am I? I thought I couldn't lose. I'm not supposed to lose. And I just lost. Mm-hmm. Who am I? But if you're in the middle where you're like, look, here I am. I can lose, I can win, I can go back and forth. And again, I can have the desire to win, but I know that a loss is a possibility and then you can just roll with it. And I think that having a good, you know, a good check from time to time is important. And I mean, even if you look at like joking around, right. As far as like, you know, you're talking about messing and making jokes. Um, I tell my students all the time because all my, all my guys, I've, I've had guys in the gym with me for like decades, over a decade. Right. So these guys know me, like we will go have drinks sometimes together. I know their kids names. I mean, it's cool. Those guys make fun of me. Like I remember like we had a guy come into the gym one time from, from YouTube or from watching the YouTube videos. He came in and, you know, was just hanging out and we're ragging on each other. They're ragging on me. I'm ragging on him. We're having a good time. He looks at it like, oh my gosh, like they're making fun of their coach. But for me, I'm like, these are my friends. I, I make fun of them and they make fun of me. We check each other because there's a interesting thing where if you think about the dynamics and most of us that have been in any sort of, I don't know how it is for women, but any male dominated group you always joke on each other because it's one in the sort of the ideas behind it is one. It's a way of seeing if we're all on the same page. So if I make fun of you and you laugh and I laugh and then you make fun of me and I get angry, 
then it's saying, I'm too good to be made fun of. I can make fun of you, but you can't make fun of me. There's a problem. But it's also a way to test people, make sure they're not crazy, right? Because if you make fun of someone and they flip off the lid, then it's like, oh, I can't trust this guy because he, he gets angry really fast. And, you know, that's not going to be good for the group as a whole, group cohesion. And so it's this thing where we're constantly checking. Oh, and then also the, another idea with it is that if I make a joke to you, let's say if I make a joke about you, that if someone else said you would take offense to it, but because I said it, you kind of laughed off, then that shows that our relationship is stronger than the joke. And that's important, right? And so we can make those jokes. And so again, it's one of those things where just like that with the rolling, it's, you know, you're just always kind of keeping things in check and keeping things balanced and making sure you're not letting yourself get away from it. And I think that's an important thing for black belts as they get better and is to, you know, again, do something challenging so that you keep yourself grounded, you know, whether that's go to a competition and, and again, you don't have to, but maybe do one or maybe go and have like a black belt come in and, you know, roll with them and who's better than you. So you can remember what that's like, you know, um, even like when I rolled with you the first time when we were, uh, when I was down at Kyle's, I was like, man, this brown belt's tough as shit. You know, I was like, I, I was struggling. I was like, you, you were moving really well. And I was like having to move a little bit. And so, um, again, like, you know, again, I could be like, I'm a black belt. I'm supposed to just smash this brown belt, but I'm like, no, it's good. So, uh, it's good to do those things. That's, I think that, uh, that's, that, that's gotta be something that every jujitsu gym has is, um, a level of roasting each other. Uh, I think that the healthiest ones though, uh, they have to have a, a level of, you know, my, my students just eat me alive some days when I mm-hmm. walk onto the mat, I just get made fun of about what socks I wore to the gym and, and all those things. And I think that that is actually really important. Um, you see a lot of jujitsu gyms, a lot of jujitsu schools, probably um, anything that is similar to jujitsu, mm-hmm. it can come off cult-ish. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my biggest things is uh, you'll find that cults always have a cult leader. And mm-hmm. the thing about cult leaders is they're always untouchable. And mm-hmm. so you can't go in. Uh, I, I think that a lot of times that can be an unhealthy thing if you are at a gym and maybe not always, maybe sometimes um, it's just the relationship that you have with your coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But if, you know, you, you know, Kyle, I make fun of Kyle all the time. He makes fun of me all the time. Uh, And it's very fun and it's very, it's, it's an out of love thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, uh, it's very important to not have that I am untouchable, whether it's, I can't be beat. I can't lose. Uh, Cause it's very easy in jujitsu to never lose. You just don't train, you know, you right. just don't roll with anybody. Um, you know, I only roll with my white belt females and, you know, I tend to win every round. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, I think it's a really important, uh, it is really important that, that we don't fall into that habit. I think it can happen uh, really easily. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's every, different strokes for different folks. I mean, like, you know, I know some, like, for instance, if you, some people like the more, some people like it, they like the more strict traditional uh, grappling or not grappling, but martial arts background, you know, that even a lot of times is, is the case with things like judo, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is okay. That's fine. Um, I grew up in wrestling, right. And I, and I enjoyed the camaraderie in wrestling because it felt like a band of brothers rather than a, like hierarchical, I'm over top of you. Like even our wrestling coach, like, you know, again, he, he, when he would speak up in a certain voice, you would shut the hell up and you would listen. Mm -hmm. If he was giving you something, you would, you would listen out of respect and he would earn that respect from you. 
but at the same time, we'd still, we'd still mess around with him a little bit, you know, like we'd still joke around a little bit and he'd joke around with us. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can still maintain the, the structure of having a respect for your coach while still being able to say like, listen, we're all in this together and I'm just one of you guys. I've just been doing this longer and I'm here to help you guys. I'm not someone here to be worshiped or to have the ground worshiped at my feet or anything like that. And like, I'm just here to help you guys. And we're in this together. And, you know, again, like I, I like that feeling more. And that's why, like when I got into jujitsu, it still felt very similar to a wrestling practice. I felt like I was in a, like I said, a big band of band of brothers, which is obviously there's a lot more women training now. So now they're in there too. So, but everybody's in there together, you know, and it's fine. And then it's a fun time. And I enjoy that because I don't know, there's a community aspect that I like about that, you know, in, in, I just enjoy that sort of feel opposed to the more strict because I've been to some jiu-jitsu gyms where, you know, people wouldn't come up and talk to me because I was a black belt and I was supposed to initiate conversation or initiate the role. And, you know, I, I kept telling them, look, if you guys want to roll, come roll because I don't do that. I don't like to, I don't want you to, I don't want to have to come pick people out. I want you to come to me if you want to roll, you know, uh, or if you want to have a conversation or something like that. So again, but, I, but some, but some people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally um, yeah, that that uh, I think I told the story the last time you're on the podcast. One of my blue belts at the time is a purple belt now. Mm-hmm. Uh, really wanted to roll with you. He watched all your stuff on YouTube. He's really, uh, really loved half guard at the time. And he's like, man, I really, I really want to roll with Chewy. I was like, just ask him. And he's like, oh, I, I don't, I, I, it's okay. I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> and I go, and I ask you, I go, Hey, will yeah. you roll with this guy? And you go, Hey, why didn't you just ask me, man? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he, it was like a, a really cool moment him he actually uh this is this is funny same guy went to a different black belt seminar and Mm. asked him to roll and got like in trouble at the seminar for asking him to roll and i was like yeah it, it's not like that with everybody man (laughs) yeah yeah, not everybody is not everybody's cool with that yeah when i go to gyms a lot of times what i'll do is i'll sit back and i try to like get there a little bit early so i can see kind of what the customs are like all right how does things work here you know like how do they do things here so i can kind of fall in line with like whenever i visit i try to fall in line with whatever the customs are of that particular gym because they're all different there's and i know i know some people don't like this but i like this about jiu-jitsu that there isn't a it's this way or this way. It's, it's very open. Like every gym's a little different. We, we all have different styles. We all have different terminology for stuff. And I kind of like that openness because again, you get to create something a little bit more customized for what you'd like to create, you know, because I think about this, you know, like with, with the way that I do my program and stuff, you know, we're creating an experience for people. And so I want that experience to be a very particular thing for people. And uh, I have very particular things that I wanted to hit. And so again, everybody can kind of make the experience happen the way they want to. Um, But yeah, sometimes you go to gyms and, you know, I, I will happily decline a role. Like for instance, like if I was getting ready for a competition, I might tell a white belt, Hey, I need to go roll with one of the black belts because I need to get a better push right now. Um, Or if I'm, if I'm resting one day, I'm like, Hey, I'm taking a rest day. I'm I'm here teaching, but I'm not rolling today. Um, But I'm not going to get, they're not going to get in trouble for it. You know? And I I think that, um, you know, because again, to me, the way that it looks, the way that I see it in my eyes is that when people ask me to roll, it's not out of a, disrespect it's out of a respect they they value what i bring to the table so they're like man it would be amazing to be able to roll with you because i value your skill and i respect you and so i would love to have a chance to roll with you um it's just like you watch the old martial arts movies 
right? The old martial arts montages and things like that. You'd always have the student trying to fight the master, right? And so like when my students come after me, I don't take it negatively. I'm like, you're supposed to, because when I first started, I was trying to, to, to nip at my instructor's heels too mm-hmm. and try to test myself. And so it's a good, it's not a bad thing. It, it's not, it wasn't out of disrespect. It was out of, I respect you. So you're my, you're my, you're my bar, you're my goal, you're my standard. And I also want to show you that I'm training really hard. See, I'm, I'm getting better at this stuff. And so I don't see it as a negative thing. So again, everybody's, but again, different strokes for different folks. That's just the way I like to do it. I like it to be a little bit more open um, than sort of like closed off like that. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, uh, that's really good. I just, uh, normally we finish with, um, with a question, but mm-hmm. you've already been on the show and I've already asked you the question. So I doubt your opinion has changed on how to suck less at jujitsu. <laughs> so um, I just decided that we would, go just a little bit different of a route uh, to finish. You just posted a, uh, I guess you probably put, I think you posted a YouTube video and an Instagram post uh, talking about uh, people saying, you know, it's something that, you know, you did a Peter Griffin, Griffin, what grinds my gears segment. I kind of did, didn't I? You know, it really grinds my gears when somebody uh, says, you know, like th- there was a guard pull in a, in a match and you said somebody, people were commenting and saying, oh, well, that wouldn't work in a street fight. You know, that right, doesn't right. work in the streets. And I just kind of, um, and you would kind of ask the open-ended question of um, what are other things that you hear uh, uh, people say uh, that uh, grind your gears, people yeah, say yeah. about jujitsu. And so um, I thought I would, throw out one because I was going to comment on it. I think it was yesterday yeah, yeah. that you posted it. I was going to comment. I was like, no, you know what? I'll save it for the podcast. And then we can just um, maybe both throw one or two out there that uh, that happen. And, and one of the ones that is very, very frustrating for me. And um, the more that you, you post Facebook advertising, the more that you will get this, mm. um, where you will get someone that will say something along the lines of, well, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's not real. It's just guys rolling on the ground. We do some type of jiu-jitsu you've never heard of, yep. and we focus on killing. Yeah. That's one of, that is one of the most frustrating things for me. And I used to even argue on these things. And then I was no like, point. you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll delete them. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave them up there. I'm mm-hmm. going to let the 99% of other people that understand what is actually going on, um, that live in the real world, I will let them handle it. And uh, so you always get really good back and forth. But that is one of my biggest ones is people that are, that are, uh, the, the, oh, that that brand of jujitsu. Um, we yeah. do Japanese jujitsu. We took out all of the good stuff out of Brazilian jujitsu, uh-huh. and we added uh, palm strikes. And now it's deadly. And yeah. so you know, because you wouldn't be able to deal with multiple attackers like I am able to now. And that is for sure my most frustrating one. Do you have any other things about jujitsu that grind your gears? Well, you know, to kind of touch on your thing. What's, what's interesting about this? Oh, so we do a more realistic martial art. Problem is, is you don't. Here's an issue. How do you know it's realistic if you've never been able to take it to its maximum potential? Mm-hmm. So for instance, with people that like say, oh, we, we, we do this thing. And this is even true with some of the jujitsu self-defense that we do in Brazilian jujitsu. 
like these people that say, oh, well, you know, we, we practice to kill. Well, how many p- people have you killed? Well, mm-hmm. zero, probably. How many fights you've been in? Zero, probably. So you really don't know how this stuff actually works. It's all theory, right? It's all, it's all based in theory. Say what people say what you will about sport jujitsu and matches and things of that nature. Any of us that can have competed know how nerve wracking it is and how chaotic it can be and how, how much you get used to that and how you get used to that sort of that, that, that stress. And I can tell you that from doing wrestling and jujitsu competitions, and all this stuff, and then having been in a couple very minor uh, altercations outside of the gym, how well it prepared me for that, how comfortable I was with, Oh, like this person has grabbed me. No problem. Right. Um, as far as other ones, there's so many, like, you know, you'll get the people like said, the, the multiple attackers thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I hate to tell people like if you're against multiple attackers, you're probably, it doesn't matter really what you do. You should mm-hmm. probably try to run no matter what. Um, you know, even if you, I mean, you can punch a little bit, but eventually someone's probably going to grab you if you get multiple attackers. Um, but even like, there's videos where people like come at someone and someone double legs them and then they knock them out on concrete. And then the other guy's like, I don't want to do this, you know, cause you've, you've kind of scared them away a little bit. So there's always these issues of people that, you know, will make these things up or whatever. Um, the, the weapons argument like, Oh, it's not going to stop a bullet or whatever. And like, of course it wouldn't, you know, but again, like <laughs> d- 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 the next time that someone has a, a, a disagreement with me, does that mean I'm going to shoot the guy in the face? You know, to, to me, there's something about like, there's something like very cowardly where you can't just settle things. Like to me, there was something sort of somewhat, somewhat admirable to the older generation where you would just scrap sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like we're saying, you know what guys, we're going to fight like you and me, but we're going to fight. Like in this, I, I think we actually do a disservice, especially to, uh, and people might disagree with me, but to men, um, because whether people like it or not, we have not evolved past our primitive, um, beginnings right Mm -hmm. and so we have this energy in us that wants to get out and if we don't get a place to dump it out especially men we do crazy stuff Mm -hmm. this is where you see road rage like i've I've gone up and see guys like get peed off because someone cut them off and then they pull their cars over and they immediately get out and they start fighting Mm -hmm. you know hand to hand right and you're thinking, man, I bet those guys, if they trained jujitsu, they probably would not get, have gotten out in the car and fought because mm-hmm. they would have had an outlet for that energy. Um, you see this with people that do all a number of different things. And so I think that it's, it, it's, it, we do. And I think honestly, you know, if we had a healthier culture, a healthier sort of respect for an actual hand to hand fight, as there used to be back in the day, you probably have less violence from things where people feel like they have to like shoot someone. Cause think about it. If you've never had the feeling of losing a fight, right? The first time you lose a fight, I've lost a fight when I was a kid, right? Got, during a little scrap. It's a bad thing. It's, it's a very emasculating thing to go through. You've, you lost a fight, but then when you win a fight and you can win some and you lose some, you get a healthy balance with it, right? And it doesn't become the end of the world. And I think that, you know, a lot of men in our country, because they, you know, there's like such a zero tolerance for any sort of fighting like this have never had that experience. And so if their ego cannot take the blow of a loss, 
from a hand-to-hand fight, they immediately have to, and because they have no confidence in themselves physically, they have to immediately resort to, I got to shoot this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like, look, if you were a little bit healthier, stronger, you were in better shape and you have fought before, then you know, you can go go about, uh, get balanced with this. And I think it would be a better thing for, for our culture if there, was a, if there was some sort of outlet for that. You know, some sort of like, hey, you should learn martial arts. You should get into wrestling, jujitsu, boxing, something. There should be this outlet for people and it should be tempered. And it should be controlled and found and have a good outlet for it. And mm-hmm. using uh, using martial arts as kind of like, um, in some ways, as Kano, Jigoro Kano, how he kind of wanted it to be, which is you keep the spirit of the warrior alive, but you give it a rightful place and educate people on how to wield it rather than letting it go off in weird directions. And so, um, tangent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Um, but as far as like this stuff, I mean, dude, there's so many uh, over the years. It's like, you know, uh, there are guys that come in to fight. They'd want to fight MMA and I would tell them they'd have to learn jujitsu and have to learn wrestling that, Oh man, no one's touching me. I got these hands, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just, Oh Jesus. Like, you know, there, someone's going like, I, I there, someone's going to take you down and hurt you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or um, people say, oh, I, 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 that won't work on me. I won't tap. Well, then you'll go to sleep. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're going to, you're going to die. You'll die, right? It's like, it's just Jesus. Like, you know, it just, it's so strange the, the, the way that people rationalize why they don't need to learn something. If you said to me, you just don't want to learn it. Eh, no problem. <laughs> I understand. But to come up with some weird, like, even like the guys who will say it's like, this doesn't happen as much anymore, but people would say, oh, it's gay. Right. <laughs> um, which again, I, for anybody listening, if, if you're, if you're gay, I don't care. There's nothing derogatory about it. Right. There's nothing bad about that, but the way that they use it, you're gay. Right. So you're thinking like, are you that insecure in your own sexual preference that you can't roll? You can't do something that's been done for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to me, it says more about your insecurity than it does about what we're actually doing. You know, it's like, I, if you, <laughs> if you can't do it, cause you're like, it's gay. It's like, well, you, you might have some, something going on there that you're not coming to grips with man. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so there, there's too many actually with that video in the, the post that I did, I'm actually going to probably pick out the best ones and like read through them and stuff on a video because there's some, there's some ones where I was reading through them and I found them. Uh, they're pretty funny. The, I, I, I only, I saw it pretty early on. So I didn't get to see there were like 10 comments when I had first, when I looked at it. So I didn't get to see a lot of the, uh, probably a lot of the better ones. Mm. Um, something else, this, I will admit this probably, this probably is not something wrong with the world. This is probably something wrong with me and this shouldn't make me so angry. But when people will say things like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you see it this on Facebook a lot when they will say things like, you know, my stand up is good. I just need a month or two to work on my jets. And I hate jets. I hate jets. And it's just the, and it's just, and it's always the same guy that uses it. It's the guy that's just about to break into the UFC. He has no MMA fights, but if he just works on his jets just a little bit, he's gonna, and I, and I know in my heart that I should just be accepting of that and I should be kinder to it. But it's it's the evil within me that is like, oh my gosh, don't say that. I I please come to the gym. I just <laughs> and so uh, you know I can't wait to have my twelve year old girls beat you down. You'll yeah. come to the gym and you will understand that you need a lot more than a month to work on your jets before you're UFC ready. Yeah, see, this is the problem when you watch a fight or when you watch a match or any of that stuff. You're watching 
you know, if, if it's competitive, you're watching apples and apples, right? And so it looks very similar. It's like, for instance, if you if you go home and you watch a like an American football game, right? It it eh, I, I think I could probably do that if you if you look at it like that. But then if you go to the American football game and you go into and I, I'm saying this by the way because I'm sure you have some international listeners. Okay, so mm-hmm. if uh, you know someone's listening, American football is just football, damn it. Um, <laughs> but. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go there and you see the size of these human beings, they're massive. And then you realize you have no tra- you have no chance. These are a different breed of humans. Mm-hmm. Like they are they are large, large, fast, strong men. And you are not. And you cannot play this game. And then if you go to if you watch a UFC fight or a grappling match, you're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then you get in there and you actually move around with one of those people. It's like, oh my God, this is completely different. You know, or if you even watch it, like for instance, you'll have people that will go into, you know, the gym and they'll say, oh, I could, I'll, I'll get my jits down. And then they'll roll with like the 15 year old kid and they get smoked. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a little different than you expected, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, or even if like, um, you know, I've, I've had guys go into the boxing ring and, you know, put them up against someone and they can't even hit the guy. Like the guy's slipping all their punches. They literally cannot punch the dude and they're exhausted from trying to hit him and him just kind of jabbing them back occasionally. It's again, it's a reality check. And I think it's good for people to have that because again, there's delu- there's delusion. Just like, you know, you, again, is it a, a black belt, you know, who never rolls with anybody tough? You can become very disconnected with what the reality is but then you have a physical check. And I think it's important for those people, um, you know, who have these delusions of grandeur to come in and actually have the physical reality placed upon them. So they can go, Oh, so this is what this is. And then from there, they hopefully will say, okay, you know what? I need a lot more than a month and I'll start calling it jujitsu. But, uh, <laughs> or those same guys will basically just make up excuses, rationalize it however they want to, and then they quit. And again, it's, it's, a good, uh, it's a good way to sort of weed through the people that aren't really going to be cut out for it. Because as you know, this is not a, uh, the path to this stuff is not a very fast one. Uh, it's, it's most cases, it's a very long road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just a side note, it you know I admitted that it is my hate, my evil that makes me hate people that say jits. I hate jits. But I hate when people say it. I, I do too. But my funny insult that I always make when people do it mm-hmm. is I always ask them, "So what do you do with all the extra time that you have by not having to fully say jujitsu? You know, <sighs> what do you do with all that extra time by just shortening it to jits?" I. I don't know why people say just jits. It's like jits. I'm gonna do some jits, and like they spell, and you'll see people spell it with a z. I'm gonna spell <laughs> jits. I, so, I've seen that. A, I've seen that a couple of times. Like I've gotten questions like Chewy. I've been working on my jits, and there's a z. I'm like, Ugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Kyle thinks that it would be that it's really funny, and he's been trying for a while to get this to catch on. But he thought it would be really funny if we started saying um, legits, like it's legit. Uh-huh. except legits and um he tried for a while to get it to catch on it was horrible it was a horrible month uh, uh, of doing it but uh yeah it's just <laughs> it's it's a rough one it's one of the few things that uh that really grind my gears <laughs> but yeah. uh Jets. <laughs> on on uh, on a different note uh as we get to the end of the episode is there anything you want to say to finish um and then also uh besides that if people don't know, how could they find you, follow you, keep up with you? 
No, man, this is fun. Um, if anybody's listening, they're like, I've never, I don't know who this jujitsu guy is, whatever. Obviously, you can go to YouTube and you can find me putting in jujitsu, C H E W J I J I T S U. Um, if they want to, um, I, I give a couple of free resources. One is about how to make a jujitsu game plan. So if you guys want to make your own game plan in the game plan book, I actually show mine and then show you kind of a template that you could create your own. I also give some ideas on drilling techniques. Again, the, the little ebook's called focus jiu-jitsu the second one is and uh, basically it's about how to put a little bit of focus towards your jiu-jitsu just like kind of the some of the stuff we talked about today if you want to get those if you go to jujitsu.net you can go to the free resources there's like a free ebook button there you click there you put your email address in you can get it and uh, so if you want to get that you can get that stuff but otherwise if you want to find stuff out about me just put in jiu-jitsu somewhere on the internet and you will find me and uh, kind of go from there and even on a side note even if you don't care about making a game plan, I would highly recommend uh, signing up for uh, your newsletter through mm. going and signing up for that game plan. The, the amount of uh, uh, nuggets that you get almost on a daily basis, I think are, uh, are, are really, really good. It's not something that I, uh, in my opinion, that floods your inbox and is wasteful and is just about selling you stuff. I really, really get good benefit and I always recommend it to people. And so cool. for anyone Thank you. listening, I recommend that to you guys. Awesome, brother. All right, buddy. You have a good rest of your day. You too, man. Thanks for having me on. And that is the episode. Uh, big thank you to Chewy for being on the episode. That was so much fun to record. It's always fun to get to chat with him. And, uh, I always, I always come away learning a bunch and uh, uh, feeling motivated. You know, that's uh, somebody that is very good at teaching and giving you really tangible things, really easy things to to go out and try. And so, um, you know, it, it would suck if he taught taught things that were complex, you know, and uh, and made them more complex, right? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that a genius is is somebody that can take something complex and simplify it, right? Um, that's where the whole simplifying jujitsu brand came from. Jujitsu is so complex already. We want to be able to make it more simple. Uh, and I think that uh, Chewy is somebody that does that so well. But speaking of uh, simplifyingjujitsu.com, if you guys enjoyed uh, any of the content, enjoy any of the content that I put out on the podcast or on my Instagram or YouTube, uh, be sure to sub or be sure to subscribe to our email list by going to simplifyingjujitsu.com and getting my free ebook, Simplifying Jujitsu, where we break down the five essential positions of Brazilian Jujitsu. That is the five positions where 90 plus percent of Jujitsu takes place. So be sure to uh, to jump on there and get that. It's absolutely free. I think you guys will enjoy it if you enjoy uh, my content. It's a very short read, and uh, I think it's very effective it's very helpful for people and uh um that is always my big sell but also i never asked you guys to do this but i listen to other podcasts and they do this so it's got to be helpful uh if you guys uh listen on itunes please leave a review on the show please leave a good review on the show uh and uh, it will be helpful to be able to grow the audience and uh to be able to do more with the show. Uh, speaking of that, we are in the middle. If you guys are on my email list, you've been getting some before slash during pictures of our studio. We are in the middle of uh, 
doing a build out on our studio, which is going to allow for so much more content and so much uh, better content, uh, just uh, easier to digest content. And uh, I'm really excited to have a few things planned that, as Shuey said, they're in my idea box right now. You know, I'm going to get them started and, and uh, I think you guys will really enjoy them. Uh, but I just need you guys to keep listening and keep enjoying. And uh, uh, that is one of the biggest things that allows me to know that you guys like what we're putting out and uh, gives me the motivation to be able to put out stuff. So uh, as always, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed my interview with Chewy. I hope that you guys got something out of it. hope you guys are going to go use what you got out of it. And I hope that it helps you suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu.